Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are continuing our conversation regarding fearing the Lord. This is part five. If you have not listened to parts one, two, three, or four, I highly encourage you to pause now, go listen to those parts, get caught up on the conversation, and then jump right back in on part five with me here today. Before we jump in, I want to go ahead and offer you an encouragement because as followers of Jesus, we should be encouraged. I want to take you to Revelation chapter 5 verse 13 and it says, In every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessings and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. So this was written by John, and John was given a vision from Jesus, and he was commanded by Jesus to write everything he saw down. Why did Jesus command this? Jesus wanted us all to know what was to come so that we will all get prepared for the rapture, so the people will know who the Lamb is, so the people would know that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus wanted the people to know that Jesus suffered, right? It was Jesus who suffered, not the Father or the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus, and he is worthy of the praise and glory and honor and blessings. We should fear the Lord as we say that and we give him praise and glory and honor. As we worship him, it should be in fear, in fear of him, in spirit and in truth. He is truly an awesome God. He will not leave those who fear him. And this is confirmed throughout scripture. In Psalms 27 verse 14, it says, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. Also in Psalms chapter 34 verse 7, it says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Wow. I want the angel of the Lord to encamp around me. Amen. I want the Lord to tell me his secrets, right? And even in Philippians chapter two, I'm going to read verses eight to 11. It reads, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. We're talking about Jesus here, even the death of of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So it pleases the Father to confess these things, right? But to truly live in fear. So be encouraged. Be encouraged that when we truly follow Jesus, all these promises are for us. But it's an important question that you need to ask yourself. Do you fear the Lord or do you just respect him 
because those are two different things or do you fear him or just acknowledge his death for you because those are also two different things Jesus is coming to earth in his presence that day it's going to destroy earth earth is going to be remade and the Bible tells us this in Revelation may the Lord truly be a reality to all that's why we cry holy 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 because he is worthy look at the things he will do he is holy he is first coming back to the clouds, right? So if we're going to be worried about anything or or thinking of anything, it should be about the rapture. The second coming is when Christ will be on earth. Try not to get those two confused. Definitely, if you are living a life according to everything that Jesus says yes to, then you are on the right track. In order to be prepared for this day, for this rapture, it's important that you fear the Lord because fear is the beginning of of wisdom. Amen. And salvation is available today, so rejoice. Hallelujah. As a review, we discussed Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25, and it was concerning husbands love your wives, and it reads, "Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless amen so as a reminder there's the washing of water by the word why to not have blemish to be holy we learn here that jesus gave himself to his followers he made a way for all man but not all man will benefit by the death of jesus christ only those who follow and fear him amen why did jesus have to die he needed to make a way to allow man to be cleansed. Followers are cleansed by the washing of the water. And we discussed how this is the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Amen. So when we read washing of the water by the word, there are two elements that we need to acknowledge, not just one. So in order to be cleansed, we need to be washed by the water and the word. It's a partnership, right? There's the word and the Holy Spirit baptism. Amen. The word of God is used so the Holy Spirit can remind us of it. And that Jesus told the disciples the Holy Spirit was going to remind them of his words. Why did the disciples get to know this secret before it happened? Because the disciples feared the Lord. They were his followers, right? We talked about that earlier. Amen. This is why it is important to hear the word and seek the word. We have so many layers of learning in the word and the Holy Spirit can lift the layers. So imagine your bed with several blankets on it and you lift each blanket one by one. Lift each layer one by one. The Holy Spirit can lift the layers and remind us of what it is that we were taught. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is not going to remind you of sugar-coated teachings. That does not activate the Holy Spirit. Those sugar-coated teachings that are occurring today are an abomination to God. Remember, we talked about this. If you don't go to church, how can the Holy Spirit live in you? Likewise, how can a person pray if you do not know how to pray? What I mean is when we pray, we need to be in line with the will of God. So how do we know the will of God if we are not in the word or attending church? Knowing the word is to know his will so that we can pray the will of the Father. And most people don't like the word. I'll say that again. Most people, they don't like the word of God. Why is this? Because it offends them. 
They water it down because they acknowledge they don't qualify, so they must make it fit the way they want to live. This is also an abomination to the Spirit of God. It's deception and it's prideful. Amen. The word is to teach those how we ought to be. And as we learn the word, we must change because he is returning for those who are cleansed. How can you make sure you are cleansed? You need to work it out for yourself. You need to listen to the word, implement it into your life and allow it to clean you up. This is sanctification. People are worried about so much today. Personal things, vanity. People should worry, but about things that matter. So for example, are you spotless? Am I spotless? Make it personal. Am I blameless? Is Madison blameless? Right? Ask yourself, will I be raptured? Or have I been misled by my pastor who told me I am saved because I tithe and attend church regularly? Remember the Pharisees did that and they were religious people. Jesus called them wicked. It's so much more than just tithing and attending church. Because remember, tithing does not save you, nor does attending church. Even the demons attend church. Even the demons know scripture. But tithing does not save you. It keeps the devourer from destroying your crops. Who's the devourer? That's Satan. It makes it so the business of God may abound further. Right? And we read that in Malachi. He will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. That's a promise. When we tithe, the Lord will do this. But each person must individually let the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit cleanse them. I must do it and you must do it. We must allow it to wash us because it is up to you to work out your own destiny. And it is up to me to work out my own destiny. Christians today should be very careful of what they are hearing in their churches. They need to investigate the preaching to ensure it is correct. Some churches have pastors delivering a message that they didn't even write. The church officials dictate what to preach, not the Holy Spirit. And you must beware. Why? Because you are accountable. I'm accountable to work it out for myself because I don't want to be deceived. It doesn't matter if you're 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old. When you see the deception, you need to run from it. So if you find that your church is not preaching the true word, you need to run. Find the word. Pray. Be led by the Holy Spirit. What's interesting to know is that most of hell's population is going to be filled with those who are pastor's kids. And I want to use this as an example because these children are too confident in their salvation because of who their parents are, right? So for example, oh, I'm probably saved because my father is a pastor. And many preacher's kids feel this false hope. Why? Well, if their parent is seriously serving, the children are blessed. That's a promise of God. So the children must be sensitive. So not only are the pastor parents blessed, their children are blessed. Or perhaps the child just leans on the title of their mom and dad. My dad is a pastor. And this creates a false hope and an assurance of salvation. And remember, we talked about this. When we have too much self-confidence in ourselves, that is when we find ourselves in the absence of fear. We don't fear the Lord if we are confident in ourselves. So even pastor's children need to work out their own salvation just like the pastor. And again, just like me and just like you. If you want to be sure of your eternal destiny, you will seek the truth. You will verify what is being taught to you and you will walk out of those ministries and churches who are lying to you. Followers seek to be washed by the word. Again, you need to run from deception. My pastor recently shared a personal story of his, and he wasn't saved until seven months after starting to go to church. What changed? 
the Holy Spirit baptism. Immediately once he received the Holy Spirit baptism, he was commissioned. He was in the service. The word of God became so alive to him at that time. And once that power came upon him, he was going and going. He made the choice to move into his calling. He was commissioned at that time. Me personally, I want to make sure of my own destiny, right? So I need to make sure that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that I am moving into my calling. Likewise, you. If you were called, you are in the service. Amen. We read Proverbs chapter 8, 13 previously in part 4, which discussed hating evil. And it said the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Do you hate evil? Keep in mind, evil is anything that is wrong. And wrong is anything that God says no to. So evil is wrong. So do you hate wrongs? Today, hate is used so casually, so loosely. But hate is serious. Many people like to say, oh, Jesus doesn't hate. Jesus hates sin. And I must highlight, when you follow Jesus, you do hate wrong. You hate evil, not the person, right? We don't hate the sinner. When we follow the Lord, we hate the sin. We hate the wrong. Amen. Why? Because Jesus hates the wrong. So for example, I hate my pride. I don't like it one bit. I hate when someone provokes me to anger. That's wrong. We shouldn't be provoking anyone to anger. But when that's happening to me, my pride wants to punch them and shut them up. And I can't. It's evil. Satan wants to see us act out in this way. But when we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we can hate our pride and exercise self-control. Amen. You need the Holy Spirit or else surely you will fail in situations where you are challenged in this way. So the fear of the Lord equals the hate to do evil. If you are not doing evil or wrong, you are on your way to be sanctified at that point and you are on your way to be ready for the rapture. And when I say that, I'm not assuring you of your salvation, but I can point you in the right direction to go. Why? Because it's not my opinion. It's the word of God. This is what it says. If you do these things, here's where it will lead you. The word of God is the source of truth. Amen. We read in Thessalonians that the Holy Spirit is restraining the Antichrist. And you need to be ready before the Holy Spirit leaves the earth. Because on earth, the Holy Spirit and the Antichrist cannot be here at the same time. So we learn in the word of God that the Holy Spirit will leave and the Antichrist will come. The reason why the Antichrist is not here is because the Holy Spirit is still here. He is available to us today. He is the one restraining. Amen. Now that was a lengthy review, but reviewing is so good because we want to ensure we understand and people do not understand the fear of the Lord today. Why? Because people are reading books and teachings that are wrong, further supporting why everyone should stick to the Bible, stick to the truth, stick to the word of God. I'm not saying that every book out there written by man is wrong, but do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Remember Ananias and Sapphira? We talked about them. They died. Why? Because they lied. They lied. They died. And they lied to the Lord, which is why they breathed their last breath. Today, many in the church are lying, but they don't die. They don't understand the word. They are teaching from books by other men. And then when they exhaust all those teachings within the books, they just buy another book. The pastors lie. They mislead so many. The people don't want to listen. Some people just object the word of God even for those who are rightly dividing the word, who are really preparing to deliver a message that's accurately taught, still people object the word of God. 
And what the church needs to remind the people is that fear is absent without danger. Remember we talked about how danger was removed from the equation when fear is being taught? If there's not danger or we are not aware of any danger, why should we fear? It's like climbing the tallest mountain in the world thinking that you are already capable, but you must do your research. So let's talk about the tallest mountain, Mount Everest. It's 29,000 feet tall. Wow. So to compare, when you're in an airplane, you're roughly 30 to 35,000 feet in the air. Wow. And when you research this mountain on the internet, you may see some refer to many challenges when you are seeking to, to climb this mountain rather than danger. Why sugarcoat that? Why call it challenges? Just call out the danger. Why do they do this? Because they don't want to deter anyone from going. Here are some of the challenges that are mentioned. There is a death zone about 8,000 feet into your journey. And this is the most dangerous part to climbers because they can fall between ice and die immediately. This is not a challenge. This is danger. You can slip and fall and that's deadly. There's also altitude sickness. The higher you climb, the less oxygen you have, right? This is why planes have pressure regulators within the plane. Why? Because of the changes in altitude. Without it, we would die. If the plane crashes, many people actually die before the crash because this pressure regulator will go. It will no longer work, right? And it changes so rapidly that the people are not even awake by the time they hit the ground. So climbers, whenever they are preparing to climb this mountain, they need to be prepared with more oxygen when they go. Also, it's very cold. Sometimes it's negative 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Other times it's negative 2 degrees Fahrenheit. And some of the coldest temperatures in the world occur during a climber's journey up Mount Everest. Those are just a handful of dangers. But for whatever reason, and the source that is on the internet, it doesn't say danger. It just says many challenges, right? Sugar-coated. Many people do that for the word of God today too. So what kind of preacher is preaching fear without teaching the people of the danger? We are to receive the word of danger with meekness, right? It's not intended to offend, but it's the truth. And in Luke chapter 12, I'm going to read verses four and five. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. We should know this verse by now. And after that, have no more that they can do, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. So Jesus is talking here in Luke chapter 12. He's talking to friends. So followers, he's talking to disciples. And he says this to them after they were sent to go, right? This was after they were sent to do the work, his work. He told the disciples to fear him, fear Jesus, not the one who can kill the body, not man on earth, not other flesh, but the one who can destroy the body and spirit and has the authority to cast into hell. That is danger. The danger is a person cast into hell. So fear Jesus. He's the one who can do it. He brings the danger. I also just want to mention here that salvation is not like car insurance. Most car insurance plans can insure all your cars, but salvation is individual. So this is a warning to pastors who are preaching false assurance of salvation to people. Those pastors need to tell the people the truth. And those pastors need to set aside their pride. They need to set their pride aside because their pride says, I know it all. They need to set aside the idea that numbers in the congregation are the reason they can afford such a comfortable lifestyle. Comfort on earth is not worth being cast into outer darkness for misleading many. Have you ever heard of the word evangelism? It means to preach the gospel. 
the gospel includes good news, but before those who have never heard the good news, they must first understand the bad news that is warned in the Bible. Ultimately, this awareness is good news, but what I mean by the bad news is the danger. It is good to understand the bad news. What is the bad news? That we are going to perish. You're going to perish. I'm going to perish. And life continues after death. Hell is real. And heaven is real. And when we evangelize others, we explain this to them and then explain that there is a way to escape hell. And the only way is through Jesus Christ, through repentance. Amen? Today, some only know the Bible verse John 3, 16. And we all know that. We might be reciting it now. God sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Right? We can recite that easily. And many who don't even go to church can. Most preachers, when they preach that verse, they focus on the love of God in that verse rather than the danger revealed in the verse it's all about how god is merciful how god is love god is so good yeah he died for us it's great we have a way for salvation he's all of those things but why did god have to send his son to die for us because we are going to perish we need to talk more about this in the church it's hard because for someone who's prospering in life, it's difficult to evangelize them. I'm talking about those who think everything is going well. Their marriages are prospering. Their jobs are prospering. Their children are successful. There's no issues, no financial trouble. They are going to hell if they do not go through Jesus and learn the word. Amen? If they are not fearing the Lord, if they have not repented, if they are not living a holy life, they are going to hell. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. It's hard for them because there's no use for God. Why do they need God if everything is going well for them, right? So instead of leaning on God, they're just going to continue to live in the absence of fear. This is a problem. And today when people have problems, they're told to go to church. And many are motivated to know Jesus because they're told he's the one that can fix their problem. The more serious the problem, the more serious they are about God in that moment. But as soon as that problem is resolved and it's no more, they're not even attending church anymore. Why? Because there's no use for God. Amen? Why are people like this? Because they're taught wrong. They didn't understand the bad news in John 3.16. They didn't understand that you and I are going to perish. Right? They don't understand that our souls live on, either in heaven or hell. So again, yes, there's so much good news to share with someone, but convince a person first of the bad news. They need to know that they live forever. They need to know that hell is real. Amen? They need to know that hell is awful. And then they need to know that heaven is real and there is a way to escape punishment. There is still time to repent for your sins because the Holy Spirit is still on this earth so that you can live a life that hates evil. You can live a life that hates wrong. You can live that life now. Amen? To get cleansed, blemish, and wrinkle-free, living a life that hates wrong. Understanding the danger will bring the fear, and then the people will understand the authority of God. People will respect with reverence and fear. Do you remember the story of Daniel? People saw Daniel as wise, right? He was smart. And during Daniel's time, he had different kings, but Daniel remained to be seen as smart and wise. He was favored. People saw value in Daniel. He was favored by God because of how Daniel lived. People envied Daniel as well. So some sought to make trouble for Daniel 
And a few people went to the king, and they convinced the king that he has the authority to pass this law that says people can worship no other god but the king himself. So the king passed that law. Daniel heard the law, and he didn't care. Why? Because Daniel feared the authority of God more than the authority of the king. Right? Daniel loved the king, and the king loved Daniel, but Daniel feared Jesus more. And yes, I'm saying Jesus because Jesus is the beginning of the word. The Bible says, let us make man. Who's us? It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were all there. Amen? But when this law was passed, Daniel was reported to the king because Daniel was worshiping the Lord, and the king was so sad. Because again, the king loved Daniel, but he had to stand beside the law. And with sadness, the king cast Daniel into the lion's den, and the king couldn't sleep. He woke up so early to check on Daniel and to see if he was alive. And when the king called out for her Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel answered, right? The Lord sent an angel to hold the mouths of the hungry lions shut. Wow. What happened to those who framed Daniel? who set Daniel up for failure, they were cast into the lion's den and they were devoured before they even hit the bottom. What a difference. What a difference it is to have the favor of God. And after that, Daniel was promoted and the king commanded all to fear the God of Daniel. Amen. See what's possible by fear in God? He can use you big time. We've already laid down the core meaning of fear and we ought to understand the true meaning by now. There are so many stories in the Bible that can help you add to what we already know and what we've already discussed here. This knowledge, it's going to help us to share to others what it means when we learn the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we ought to be working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? We've talked about rightly dividing the word. We've talked about the Bible and the Strong's Concordance. You can even use the interlinear Bible. Why do we need this? The Bible's not originally written in English. Whenever you do your research, you can realize that these kings had the money to print the Bibles. That's why it's King James Version. He had the money. He funded it. Then we have James Strong, who created the Concordance. If you want to study the Bible and use the Strong's Concordance, you should use the King James Version because that is the version used to create the Strong's Concordance. If you want to learn the Word of God deeper, you're going to need these basic tools, not Google. Be led by the Holy Spirit. This is a good way to learn it fast. Amen? Be equipped with these tools. We talked about this, so please, again, revisit those podcasts. But remember, as you're reading the Bible, always keep in mind that one word can be used many places in the Bible in the same English word, but it could be used differently. We talked about the word love. It has many different meanings. And if you teach the wrong meaning, you mislead people. Amen. We don't want to mislead people. We want to teach the right teaching. So divide the word correctly. And remember, it is the duty of a person to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's our attitude as we go into diving deeper in the word and as we release the word. Amen. We want to be right. So it's the duty of the person to make sure he or she has the correct understanding of the teachings in the Bible. Of course, there's help from pastors and teachers, for example. That is why some teach the Bible. But the response of a person to the teachings is going to be seeking to ensure that it is accurate. And the response of a person to the teachings will be dependent on the person's understanding. So if you don't understand the meaning of fear the Lord, you're not going to fear the Lord correctly. You're going to be misled your whole life. So if you're teaching wrong, you lead others to hell and even yourself. It's the duty of the teacher to teach a true meaning. And despite someone diligently studying and preparing for the message to release, the world may still reject the truth. 
Why? Because they don't meet the qualifications. Immediately, they would rather choose to believe the teachings in which they can qualify so they bend the word to mold the life that they feel that they can reach, that they feel that they can live. In doing so, they continue to live the way that they live and they don't change any. We are to allow the word to change us. Amen. To clean us. We have to preach the truth and work out our own salvation. And it doesn't matter if people don't like me. It doesn't matter if people don't like me, if they don't like this podcast, if they don't like that I spend time doing this, if they don't like that I take notes whenever I'm being taught, if they don't like that I pray to Jesus, if they don't like it, if they don't like what I say, because it's not my words, it's God's words, if they don't like me, that's okay. I don't need man's approval, right? And you don't need man's approval. We're almost to the end here. A story that can be studied deeper is the parable of the sower. This is in Mark 4, and we're not going to read it, but I'll just give an overview. There were different soils in which the word was received, and I want to focus on those who hear the word but do not respond. They are sown amongst thorns. They hear the word, right? This specific group mentioned in the parable of the sower, this soil, they hear the word and they understand the word. Yet the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of money, lusting after other things outside the word of God, they will not produce fruit. It doesn't matter how much money you have because failure to respond bring thorns on your life. What is the result to this? According to Jesus, when you're unfruitful and unproductive, these people do not have any of that. They do not have any fruits. Therefore, they do not love the truth. So though they heard the word, they didn't respond, right? Do you love the truth? Don't you keep seeking truth? Jesus says, seek and you shall find. Don't choke the word. Amen? The word is wrapped around thorns and choked when you don't respond. And because of this, the word became unfruitful in them. I want to encourage you to spend more time in the parable of the sower, Mark 4. It also talks about the people who love the truth, and that's Mark 4, verse 20. And I am going to read that verse. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And these are the group which are sown on good ground. They hear the word, and they receive it, and they bring forth fruit. Just like the verse said, 30-fold, 60-fold, some 100-fold. These people put the word into practice. They have fruit. They have evidence. They bring forth fruit. Amen? They're productive. Why? Because they love the truth. They fear the Lord. Amen. And I always refer to this, but remember Nicodemus? Jesus kept that conversation with Nicodemus so short because Nicodemus heard the word, but he needed to work out the meaning. He had no wisdom because he was not productive. He did not have the Spirit of God in him. He was not born again, right? He did not have the love of the truth. He had knowledge, but he didn't have wisdom, right? Flesh gives birth to flesh. Remember that. But Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Amen. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, it reads, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Remember, he who now restrains, that's the Holy Spirit. Who's he restraining? The Antichrist. How do I know that? I just read it in verse 7. I want to focus on verse 10 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 10. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, 
because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. You know, the Antichrist is coming with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. And if you are deceived today, you are going to perish. Why? You don't love the truth. You don't receive the word. You don't bring forth anything for the Lord. You are not productive. And again, anything that I'm saying here, I also say in a mirror to myself, this is just the word of God. You cannot just be a good person today and expect to inherit the kingdom of God. If you do not receive the love of the truth, you are not going to be saved. You can't just perform a little bit of truth. You have to love it. You have to love it. When you love something, you might do everything you can to show that love, right? The more we love Jesus, the more truth we seek. Amen? The more we love it. Once you love the truth, you can see these false teachings so clearly. You're going to see these false teachers. Men and women of God point people to Jesus. They teach people of the fear of the Lord. Amen? They spread the gospel. They explain the dangers of what is to come. It's in the Bible. We don't point people to our own personal agenda. Some churches are doing that. They're building their own personal agenda. But we point people to God's agenda. Amen? God bless you. Continue to go and to preach the fear of the Lord. Remember, do not fear those who can kill the body. But ensure that you are moving in wisdom. There are times where Jesus had to hide. There are times when Jesus had to go. Amen? Lean on the Lord. He is the truth. Dive deeper into the word. Amen. Continue forward. Be productive. Always seeking the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.